Again the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. Father, we're so grateful for your word, and we just ask that in these moments, as we focus upon the subject matter from this passage of Scripture, Behold the Lamb, I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you will reveal to us again, and perhaps even in a greater and deeper measure, the magnitude of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bless your word, help us to share it, help each one of us to hear what you would say to us. And again, we pray in your name, Jesus, amen. We're all probably familiar with John the Baptist. John the Baptist was that guy with camel skin and long hair and, you know, he ate one of your favorite snacks, locusts and honey. How many of you ever ate a grasshopper? Anybody ever ate grasshoppers? Oh, you guys. Probably on a double dare or something, but um, did you have honey with it? No, just raw. Oh. <laughs> Was it organic? No. <laughs> Gluten-free? Whatever. Um, we know him as the one who was, you know, the, the scripture says, crying in the wilderness. He's the guy who had the jam to confront Herod and say, hey, listen, you're, you're living wrong and you're... Uh, you know, with your brother's wife, and so he really had, he was, he was one of those, I don't know if we have, I, I hope we still have some modern day preachers who are willing to call things are the way they are, and still have some jam to say certain things are still wrong biblically, and, um, and with John was kind of that guy, and so he, he was, after he baptized Jesus, and there was the, the demonstration of the, the father's voice, uh, recognizing his son. And so the next day, I want you to get that phrase, the next day, after that, the next day, he's walking with some of his disciples and he's, he sees Jesus again and he says, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. And what I want you to grasp here is that it's like they were leaving one era and entering into another era. They were leaving the repentance, the baptism of repentance in John the Baptist to the era of the Son of God. Exiting one phase and entering a new phase. Going from one mindset to another mindset. John the Baptist is kind of this transition factor. And as John sees, he says to his disciples, Behold, look, take notice, this is the Lamb of God. This is the one who'd been prophesied, who'd been predicted. This is the one who'd been preached. And while the people of God had suffered and been abused and tortured, John is basically saying there's this divine moment that's come upon us. Behold the Lamb of God. John is really saying that what I am doing is not nearly as important as the intervention of this man and what he's getting ready to do to shake Civilization. We're moving from one phase 
to another. John 1.29 says, The next day he saw Jesus. And he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. At every junction in history, the Lamb of God is made noticeable. And we're living in times when we are seeing transition. We're not just post-modern. We are living post-structure, where there's getting to be no more structure in society. Society no longer wants the traditional biblical views of marriage or the structure of what it means to be a biblical family unit. People are seemingly trying to figure out who they feel they are as to who they were physically and scripturally born to be. Scripture is returning to where it says everybody does that which is right in their own eyes. And as we enter into these moments, I want you to know that there will still be a next day. There's still going to be a next day. And we're living in a day when the final spotlight will not be on the soothsayers or the latest fad or the latest craze, but it'll return to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It will return. My Bible says, and I'm sure yours is the same, that there's coming a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, whether they want to or not, that Jesus Christ is Lord. If we just allow modern culture to shape us, to control us, and to rule us, you know how confusing that is for society? It's no wonder people don't know who they are. No wonder we're having these identity crises and gender crises and... Don't get me started. But you know, having held on to the truths of God's holy word for so long, it seems like the very fabric of the integrity of our nation is unraveling right before our eyes. Society, technology, everything is moving at the speed of light. It is so quick, it's at times hard to be sure of things. But rest assured, it's in these moments that the Lamb of God surges to the forefront And he says, it's not about what is today's culture. It's not about what the changes are in our society or the ongoing technological revolution. It is still about the purpose that God has for mankind. The purpose that he has come to seek and to save that which is lost. He's still the healer of broken hearts. He's still the repairer of marriages. He's still the restorer of shattered dreams. He's still the supplier of all our needs. He's still the giver of life. He's still the Alpha and Omega. He's still the encourager to the discouraged. He's still the Savior of the world. He's still the baptizer. He's still the great I Am. He's still the lover of our soul. He's still our soon-coming King. He's still the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And friends, we can still follow Him into victory. I understand that many are consumed with the subject of global warming. Quote, unquote. I understand that man's economy isn't doing so great. And you heard a word shared this morning from a sister inspired by the Spirit of God. How he's still in charge. I understand that some countries have nukes and they shouldn't have them. 
I understand that the American forces just dropped the mother of all bombs. I understand there's all kinds of upheaval going on. I understand there's problems and concerns with immigration. I understand that assisted suicide and euthanasia is a major concern. I understand that people are grappling with who they are and what their sexual orientation is. And a real spirit of confusion exists. I understand that. I don't get it, but I understand it. I understand that we live in a super surveillance society where everything that you do and say, everything you do and say is being recorded without your permission. Society is changing. Where it isn't how much money you have in your pocket anymore, but everything is becoming dependent on your thumbprint, the retina of your eye, the recognition of it, or a chip implanted under your skin. We exit from one way of life to another way of life. Lots of changes. But friends, we, the children of the Most High God, we can stand and declare, do not be persuaded by these changes. Do not be dismayed. They will come. They will go. But the Lamb of God will stand forever. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The resurrected Savior of all who believe. And He will not be second fiddle to any government or civilization. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And to cover it, who takes it away. God has promised to be with His church. Listen now, friend, the end of the age, this world as we know it may be more quickly approaching than any of us anticipated, but we should not fear. Why should we be afraid when the Lord is our light and our salvation? Of whom then shall I be afraid, the scripture says. I believe the body of Christ is going into a new era, coming into a new anointing. I believe we're coming into new blessings and new opportunities because God's children will not be second rate to any civilization, and God will send his angels to camp around them and to watch over us that the will of God will be performed. Friends, there isn't anything that can stop God from what he's going to do. Nothing. I don't care what they're saying or declaring or publishing. Or John said... Behold the Lamb of God. Or, you might say he said it this way. Notice the Lamb of God. Notice. Don't just look at him, but notice. Take notice. Observe. Times are changing. It's different, but notice the Lamb of God. Certain aspects of the Lamb we need to notice. Remember way back in the Old Testament, this young fellow by the name of Abraham... Not really so young, but he knew God as a giver, not a taker. He knew him as a God of blessing, and he's about to era, he's about to enter a new era the next day. He's instructed by God to take his only son Isaac, take a little hike up the mountain, and sacrifice his son to God. His son asks his father, Papa, Daddy, whatever, we have no wood. I mean, we have wood and the fire, 
But where is the sacrifice? And Abraham answers and says, God himself will provide a lamb. Friends, the lamb will always surface in times of transition, and he will gain the attention of everyone. Remember God's people in Egypt? They were there for 400 years. They're getting ready to come out of bondage. They're getting ready to come into the promised land. They're coming out of something and into something new. They don't understand it's something something new. They just want to move forward. And at midnight, Moses has told them, every home needs a lamb without spot or blemish. Every home needs to sacrifice the lamb. A lamb for every home. Friends, Jesus is concerned about your home. He's concerned about your household and your relatives, your friends, your parents and your kids and your grandparents. They had to put the blood from the lamb on the doorposts of their house. We probably all know the story. And the other parts of the lamb were distributed to everyone in the home and everyone partook of the lamb. The blood protected them from judgment But everybody in the house encountered the lamb. Everyone encountered the lamb. They were getting ready to enter a new life of freedom from bondage after 400 years. They were going to have freedom, purpose, and dignity again. And friends, in the confused world that we live in, it's good to be reminded as we have communion every month, at least every month, it's good to be reminded of some some spiritual realities that go beyond the do's and the don'ts of a daily lifestyle, that are important for us. And friends, God by his Holy Spirit is moving, and Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, is moving to the forefront one more time, and we're about to see the greatest move of the Spirit of God as we behold the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world, is revealed to his church in this day we live in now. And his church is really made up of every person who's born again, who's accepted Christ, and has the Spirit of Christ living within them. Friends, it's a huge, huge church. Every tongue and nation. One aspect of the Lamb to notice, he started humble beginnings in a cradle. Jewish people assumed that he would be coming in pomp and power and glory. He didn't come as king, he came as a lamb. Pharaoh decreed that every male child was to be killed, When the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph and says, take the child, take that lamb that was born in a manger, take him to Egypt. Back to all those years of misunderstanding, of slavery and bondage, take him to Egypt. All the way back, the same lamb that went back in the day of Moses was the same lamb for the Jewish people now. He's the same lamb for you and I. He went back. The people need to get their eyes off of the Roman government and back on the lamb of God. And so here in in this context too, they need to understand that if the church could just get their eyes back on the Lamb of God who has saved us and redeemed us by His blood, instead of on current affairs, instead of all the things that are going wrong, instead of everything else that's trying to throw fear into the church of the living God, I tell you, if we get our eyes back on the Lamb of God who has saved us and has redeemed us by His blood, and friends, He's coming again, hallelujah. It won't be long, any day now. We'll be going home. I, you know, I think my skin is really, it's this color here. You can see it's this darker color. Everything else is a birthmark. 
I just, I think, I think that dark-skinned brothers and sisters in Christ have an advantage. They got, it's like they got music in their bones. It's like, I mean, you know, they just jive. They just, right, Chooks? I tell you, man. I think God made some of us white just to keep us humble. If we could just get our eyes back on the Lamb. Our eyes on the one who's promised by his stripes on his back to heal our bodies and restore us. If we could only behold him again, friends, there'll be no end of books and articles and movies that will rise up and try to persuade us otherwise. But people of God don't turn to the right or don't turn to the left. People will continue to mock and to blaspheme, but don't. They don't understand the Lamb like we do. We have a gentle, loving, suffering Savior, so patient and long-suffering. All we can do is behold the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. Behold how He loves you and me. How He loves those who curse Him and mock Him. But friends, there's coming a day. Well, that's going to end. And people will see Him as the judge. I'm so glad that our Lord is able to go back into our past, to our pain, and still deliver us. He's still the deliverer. Behold the Lamb. Not only do we behold the Lamb in His humble beginnings in the cradle, where Pharaoh decreed that every child should die, but we behold the Lamb at the cross. He went to the cross. What was so significant about the cross is that it was said of him in Acts chapter 8, verse 26. As they went along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. In a few moments, we're going to see some folks who are who made this confession of faith in Christ, and uh, they're going to they're going to come from that side, and they're going to go down here into this nine foot pool, nine foot long. It's it's like a jacuzzi. The jets aren't on right now, but we could turn the jets on. And, and there may be more candidates who want to be baptized just because it's, it's really warm, too. Not your tap water. It's been heating since yesterday morning. But there's some folks who are going to demonstrate the new life they have in Christ. Even as Philip and this eunuch as this eunuch was baptized in water. And then there's an Ethiopian eunuch. He's the CFO to Queen Candace, the most powerful queen in all of Africa. And he understands what is happening. He's an entrepreneur. But on his way, he's reading about the lamb. He had no one to explain it to him. And this is what he reads in verse 32 and verse 33. The passage of scripture which he was reading was this. 
He was led as a lamb to slaughter, a lamb to slaughter, or sheep. And as the lamb before its shearer is silent, so he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. There's no rhetorical statements on the road to Via Dolorosa. There's no phraseology. There's no parables. As if to say what he was engaged in was more important than anything that was happening to society. If they could only behold a lamb, had they not been so consumed with their own life and what was going to happen to them? Will there be any more persecution? What's going to happen in all the streets and all all the stress and the paranoia? They didn't behold the lamb. And friends, our world needs to behold the lamb. He brings great peace and hope. Future. When Jesus went to the cross, he chose not to defend himself because he wasn't guilty. He was without sin. He was without blemish, without spot. He didn't need to defend himself. But also behold him with a crown. As society is quickly moving into what Scripture calls the last days, understand the Lamb will come to the forefront again. Friend, let me say it again. The Lamb will come to the forefront again. Scripture says every eye will see Him, and every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess He is Lord. Now, I don't profess to be the most brilliant person in the world, but it would almost seem like it would make common sense to make sure you confess it before that day. Would you rather confess it voluntarily or because you have no choice? And then it's not a heart decision any longer, it's a mental decision only. We must keep our eyes on him. We need to be able to say, yes, we understand. Yes, we know what's happening in our justice system. We don't agree with it. We also understand that society seems to have an identity crisis. But understand this, friends. None of what is going on today will stop him from coming back. None of what is going on today is going to limit his healing power. None of what is going on today will stop his redeeming grace. His will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Friends, there's not a better time to be a citizen of heaven than today. You understand the possibilities? You understand all that we can accomplish because we know the Lamb? Behold the crown. They'll bring out the crown and they'll crown him every tongue, every tribe, every kindred, every nation. Every race will bow whether they choose to or not. We will all bow and declare him to be king of kings and lord of lords. Scripture says that the angels looked. They couldn't find anybody who was worthy. No commentator, no TV or sports personality. No one was worthy in all the atmosphere except the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The one who lived a sinless life. The one who paid for all our sins, the Lamb of God. Revelation 7.17 says, The Lamb in the center of the throne.
shall be their shepherd, shall guide them to springs of the water of life, and God, and God, friends, and God, shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. When we come out of this and enter into the next, the Lamb of God shall wipe away every tear. Perhaps we just need to refocus for a moment this morning. Some of us get so geared up because of what's happening in society and our world. After John said, Behold the Lamb, two of his disciples immediately started to follow Jesus. And Jesus turns to these two that went from John to following Jesus. And he says to them, What do you want? What do you want? As these two were stalking Jesus. What do you want? What do you need? And they just said, we just want to know where you live. What a peculiar answer. We just want to know where you live. They were in effect saying, if you were all that John says you are, if you are the fulfillment of all the major and minor prophets, then whatever we're doing is not as important as following you. We're going to truck with you from now on. So Jesus just says these simple words. Come and see. Come and see. Church, don't lose your curiosity. Come, behold the Lamb. Come and see. Keep praying. Keep fasting. Keep believing. Keep confessing the word of God. Don't allow the things around to distract and confuse you. Keep your eyes on the lamb. Behold the lamb. Come and see. Every day when we get up, let's see what the Lord has in store for us. He's bringing us out of something into something better. A couple of questions that I want to conclude this morning. For you is this. Is what you are doing as important as what Jesus wants you to do? Is what you are doing as important as Jesus, as what Jesus wants you to do? I'm not saying you necessarily quit your job and move to Ethiopia and sell Bibles on the street corner. I'm just saying some of the things that we're involved in, some of the Things that seem to have some of our passion consumed. Is it really as important as what you know Jesus wants you to do? Like surrender your whole life to him. Like maybe live your life a little more pleasing to him. Like maybe maybe just start the day with, Lord, I want to thank you for this day and just help me. Just maybe some simple prayer. Just, Lord, help me today to honor you in everything I say and do. And then you're on your way to work and somebody cuts in front of you and you're, you know, you know the hand gesture you want to give them? You know the unspoken or maybe the spoken comment that you make because nobody else is in the car? And perhaps Jesus just says, I'll help you if you just let me. I can help you with that. 
I can give you a better tone to that word God that you just spoke. I can help you with that emotion that seems to rip out of your being uncontrolled. I can help you. I can help you with that passivity when somebody at work asks you, what did you do for the weekend? Oh, I went to Good Friday service. Good Friday service? What's Good Friday service? And I went to church Sunday morning and saw some people being baptized. What are they doing that for? And sometimes, have you ever lost your courage? Has anybody ever lost your courage? Come on now. I've lost my courage sometimes. Sometimes one of the easiest places for me to lose my courage is to come and stand in front of you every week. You know to face you takes courage. You know, I, I don't know, I'm, maybe you asked a lot of pastors this, but we pastors, we still get nervous. Right, Stu? We still get nervous. We still get, what if I say something wrong? It'd be like C.M. Ward years ago. C.M. Ward, the Assemblies of God preacher, he got up one time and he, to the general executive, had to answer some questions for some of his behavior, some of the things he said. And so he was kind of on the red carpet. So they were asking him some of these questions. And, and then he, all he said back to the, to the, you know, the executive brass or whatever it was, he said, Brothers, isn't it amazing what a person says under the anointing. And then he walked out of the room. Like sometimes, sometimes you just, I don't know if it's not what anointing it might be, but sometimes we're just petrified. We're going to say the wrong thing. But friends, let's not lose our curiosity about the lamb. Keep praying, keep trusting, keep believing. He's bringing us out of something into something better. So is what you're doing as important as what Jesus wants you to do? Is there something or somebody he wants you to share your story with? When we say share your testimony, sometimes that makes us all afraid, but just to share your story. I used to be like this, and then now I'm becoming more like this. It doesn't matter what society tries to say. Jesus is who he is. He did what he said. He's risen from the dead, he's alive, and he lives forevermore. And he loves you and me with an everlasting love. Some of you this morning, perhaps you've stopped following Christ. I'm going to ask you to do what those disciples did and drop whatever you're doing and let the magnetic nature of his love draw you back to him. That once again, you'd be captured by the amazing love of Jesus Christ. And you'll continue or begin again to follow and see that he is like no other. There's no one like Jesus. My question to you this morning is, would you behold him? Would you behold the Lamb of God who takes... Would you notice? Would you take notice? The Lamb of God who takes away the sin. Would you understand that He's the only one who can take yours and my sin away?
There's no other substitute, doesn't matter what you try. No one can remove our sin like Jesus. No one can remove it but Jesus. You may have a busy Sunday schedule, but this is so important that we take time to focus on the Lamb. In a few moments, we're going to see some folks, and I would just encourage the ones that are going to be baptized, they can go and get ready. But in a few moments, we're going to see and experience some people who have decided that their way of living wasn't sufficient and they needed someone called Jesus to forgive them of their sin. So we're going to see them in a few moments come from back there down into the water signifying the, the old life, the old way of living is being buried and they're coming up as a new person in Jesus Christ. Now I know that they've already been transformed on the inside. They've already been forgiven. But here now is an outward step. Friends, baptism doesn't save us. It just lets people know what's happened already on the inside of us. Now are these people perfect? Absolutely. Not. But the Father now sees them through Jesus Christ. He doesn't see the old nature, the stuff they used to do. You know how they swindled you out of that deal. He doesn't see that. Because that's all forgiven and gone. The Father now sees them through Jesus Christ. Now I think it's good for us to recognize that we still need to keep short accounts with Jesus. But the Father sees them so different. Friends, you need to focus on the Lamb and thank Him for the sacrifice of dying for your sin and covering it all and taking it away. He takes away our sin, our pain, our sickness. He takes away the hurt. He takes away the shame. He's the Lamb of God who is like no other. And maybe you have been focused somewhere else. Perhaps today can be a wake-up call for you where you need to focus on the Lamb of God and His will for your life. Perhaps you need to use a kind of a churchy phrase and I wrestle with it but maybe today you need to recommit your life to Jesus Christ maybe you need to take a stand one more time and say as for me and everything to do with me I'm going to serve the Lord We can't do it alone. We need the Lord's help. We need the Holy Spirit to empower us and to strengthen us and to fill us and to help us. But I wonder if there's some here today. And Sometimes we ask people to bow their head and close their eyes so no one sees you. And that's kind of a, it's okay. But this morning, we all know that Jesus publicly, openly went and died for us. And I want to ask you this morning, be a little braver than maybe sometimes we are. And I know Jesus did that for me. So I'm going to publicly, openly, without shame declare, I want to commit or recommit my life to Jesus Christ. That's you. Hands up. 
Anybody? I want to commit or recommit my life to Jesus Christ. We're all born again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And put it down. Father, your word says that if we would confess you before men, you would confess us before the Father. Right now, there's an amazing confession being made in heaven. As you, Jesus, our Savior, are confessing before the Father, was transpiring in decisions made in this room right now. And Holy Spirit, I pray that not only would the awareness of forgiveness flood these people's hearts and lives, but also that you would strengthen them, that they would indeed be empowered to live the life you've called them to live. I thank you, Father, and let your word be an encouragement to all of us and strength to each one in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Worship team is going to lead us as we get ready.